1: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. You might be asking, why does why does Andrew sound a little bit calmer, Scott? I'm channeling my inner Lloyd Braun. Serenity now, serenity now. Because I'm, we're about to talk about the hypocrisy of the MLB Hall of Fame voting, and I usually get upset about it. I usually pull a George. George is getting upset. Andrew's getting upset. That's what I. That's my usual reaction to the MLB Hall of Fame because it's just utterly ridiculous. I'm going to attempt to remain calm during this conversation we're about to have.
1: That's not going <laughs> to happen. There's an article. I'm trying to be a better article, person, Scott. Let me be a better person. There was an article on. You're just lying to yourself. There is an article uh, in Yahoo. Uh, I forget who it was written by, but it was it was along the lines of like, why does everybody get so angry when talking about the specific MLB Hall of Fame? It's insane because it, 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 it's such like a, an emotional response that goes from zero to one thousand <laughs> so fast, so fast. Because of you know, I I know I know why it is. It's because it's because there's no transparency. If there was transparency, we would have answers. We would know, we would have faces, we would have names, we would know why people did a certain thing because it would be public. But because the Hall of Fame, I think it was the committee themselves, right? It was a it was a this was something that was passed, it was agreed upon. We're going to make this public. We're going to make the ballots public. But then they squashed it. They're like, "No, no, 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 you're not doing that." They're they're covering up their own actions. And because of the the old white dudes voting for these things that don't want to be, that don't want to be known because they understand there's a backlash to, to, because they're, because they also know that there's no real reason why they vote a certain particular way besides whatever's in their old, you know, antiquated heads that they don't, they're, they're protecting them. They're protecting them. And it's a travesty. If that, if there was transparency on who was voting, why, I think a lot of us would be like, okay. Okay. Now, now we can talk about it. Why did you do that?
2: There's no consistency either. The transparency would certainly help, especially for things like when Ken Griffey Jr. was like one or two votes short, when Derek Jeter was one vote short. It's like, okay, what asshole didn't vote for those clearly unanimous, should have been unanimous Hall of Famers? Like that would help. But this year, there's no consistency in the voting. And that's what infuriates a lot of people whether you are on the side of if there's a whiff of PEDs associated with a player he should not be in or screw it let everyone who was good in Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, etc. whether you fall on either side of that fence at least there should be consistency in the voting and there just is never consistency year in and year out i'm curious though that article you mentioned what what was the conclusion what did they say as why people freak out about the Hall of Fame because i have my theory Kind of I'll go back than, to
1: it. Um, I I got annoyed and I didn't finish the article because I was getting annoyed by someone talking about why I get annoyed. Um, but I'll let you know. Well, so baseball is after I, is, uh, after I per, per, perused further down the list.
2: Baseball is a game of numbers. People love the statistics. Records are ho- are held in such a high regard. Whether it's the hits record or the home run record or the consecutive game streak. Uh, Whatever record you want to talk about, and and ultimately, because baseball is an individual statistical sport in the sense of guys get rack up hits and wins and all those different things, and that's how you ultimately get into the Hall of Fame, people have such a close – such a strong tie to those records. They get so sensitive over them that that's why I think people freak out about about the Hall of Fame, especially like some of these older writers from – that were covering – baseball in the 70s, 80s, and and into the 90s when the steroids started to take over and those records all fell, it it hits a nerve, right? It hits a nerve with people. And I think that's why people get upset. In addition to your point about the transparency just not being there.
1: Well, I think the transparency goes into the reason that you're talking about. Because if we knew who and why they were voting a particular way, and it had to do with the, the records uh, being precious or, or whatnot, at least there would be some justification in their own eyes, or at least an ex- explanation, not justification, justification in their eyes, explanation in everybody else's eyes. At least there would be something, you know, that, that would be a, a discussion point or a, you know, not that this world in today's in today's uh, society knows how to have discussions for the most part, especially on social media, but at least it would be something that you could look at and be like, okay, that's why this person did that. Or at least that person voted that way. I can now understand the way that they wrote, what their history is, like relationships that they've had. Like I can deduce, I can make some deductions from that and, and come to a more informed conclusion. But we just don't know. It's just, it's, it's a ghost who's doing this and a, a phantom, you know, everybody's great grandfather. That's how in our, in our minds are voting for these, these things. And, and it's infuriating because. Who are these people that are doing said things? And that and that I think is part of like the root of it. So this year the inconsistency
2: I'm talking about is the fact that David Ortiz was voted in and Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Alex Rodriguez, and let's throw Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa in there as well, all did not get in. And really, if you just talk isolate Ortiz, Bonds, Clemens, and Arod. I don't know how clearly many people voted for David Ortiz. He got 307 votes, 77.9%. Many people voted for David Ortiz that did not vote for Bonds, Clemens and Arod and Manny. How do you as a person justify to yourself, I'm voting for Ortiz but not those other guys? The logic doesn't make any sense to me. I understand that Arod failed a a test and then was suspended in 2013, I understand that distinction. So if you're telling me that the only difference between arod and Ortiz is that Ortiz never failed a test and then was then served a suspension. He only appeared on that 2003 list that was supposed to be anonymous and then since did not become anonymous Ortiz, arod, Manny, all of those guys were on that list so Ortiz's name only appeared on that list and then never appeared again. So if you're telling me, That you don't – If so two things. I'm kind of like getting all over the place. You have to then believe either David Ortiz never did steroids again after that 2003 list or you don't care that David Ortiz did steroids. You only care about people who broke the rules and then were suspended. So so what are you voting for here? Are you voting – not voting for A-Rod because he broke the rules and was suspended? Well, then why aren't you voting for Bonds and Clemens because – They never got suspended for steroids. I I just don't know how you can distinguish between these players who, in my opinion, should all be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not mad that David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame. I'm mad that Bonds, Clemens, and A-Rod and Manny are not in the Hall of Fame.
1: Um, A couple things. Trying to gain uh, gain, uh, some clarity on how... there's, There's so many things that go into this. But when you when you talk about not, not only did did Ortiz make it in, but, you know, there's a there's a whole debate and it's stupid as well. <laughs> but it goes back to, like, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer, who's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the, the fact that, like, you know, there was just no question about it. David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer, even though on Mitchell on the Mitchell report, you know, magically comes over from Minnesota, meets some uh, meets some folks in Boston and, and becomes this like, uh, you know, this this uh, prolific power hitter at that point, too. You know, but how much of this do you also think likability goes into it? Because I think it a does. Ton. I think I a think likability is factored into here uh, way way too deep. And again, this goes back to lack of transparency for who is voting for certain people. That that you could probably look back and again establish like, okay, there's there's a track record for certain people. There's um, you know a a we know where they worked. We know where they were reporting for for years and years, which clubhouses they were in consistently, and you know, is there a tie to who they're voting for based on likability? I mean, the Albert Bell was a great example. Like Albert Bell didn't even sniff uh, the the Hall of Fame, but you go back and look at his numbers, and like he's in the conversation. Like the guy had unbelievable numbers, but he was an asshole, and everybody. Nobody could stand Albert Bell. And and that certainly, in my opinion, played into the way that he was perceived as a Hall of Famer or not from the voters. Do
2: you know where I think the problem in this lies? There is a morals section on the Baseball Hall of Fame, and voters are supposed to judge the morals of players when considering them for the Hall of Fame. How the hell do you as a writer, not really knowing any of these people intimately, judge their morals? <laughs> This should be baseball on field and only on field. And if you get suspended and you decide as a voter, if you're suspended from baseball for one reason or another, I'm not going to vote for you, fine. That is your decision and I can respect that. But if you're then having these blurred lines of, I like David Ortiz as a person and he's a likable guy and he was great with the media and he's big poppy, rah, 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 I'm going to vote for him but I'm not going to vote for Bonds because he's a first-class a-hole. That's just asinine. I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. You cannot explain it to me. It doesn't make any sense. It makes and no it sense. It never make any sense.
1: It makes absolutely no sense because you're now, that's, that's, first of all, being an asshole and having a flawed moral code are two very different things also. First of all, a Hall of Famer should not be even in those waters, trying to distinguish the difference between one or the other because human emotions play into that. Exactly what you said. There are facts that happen on the field. There are, there are actual things that are documented that happen on the field. If you want to start going down the suspension route and the steroid route and like identifying who should get in and who shouldn't based on something that is off the field, then, then instead of you playing the, the moral judge of, of what people are doing or not, did they test positive? Did they get suspended by the body that that governs the sport. Yes or no. Yes or no. Because that either d- did happen or didn't happen. And if that's the case, you can make a pretty clear line here. There's su- there's suspicion. I mean, there's suspicion around guys who have gotten in. There's no doubt about it. People on the Mitchell Report gotten in. You're looking at you know Bagwell, Biggio, uh, Frank Thomas. There's there's plenty of people here, uh, Piata, who have. Blurred lines and, and some would argue that are absolutely should be should be um, in the bucket of the steroid guys. But if you make that line very clear and say, well, it was no, no positive test that was acknowledged by Major League Baseball and then suspension happens or, you know, whether it, it depends on like when um, when that happened and, and what suspensions were in play, what penalties were in play. For MLB, but if it's not a documented thing that happened and acknowledged by Major League Baseball, how can you possibly use it? It's all hearsay at that point. Understanding that some of them are like, okay, we kind of know, but we don't know. But at the same time, I could say that about I could say that about David Ortiz, even though I know. And there's uh, you know some other people that 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 are in there. So yes, when you talk about this, you're talking about a pu- uh, court of public opinion, and that's when everything gets completely screwed. So the the Bonds and Clemens and, and all I'm getting those
2: mad. Bonds and Clemens and all those guys got popped with the Balco stuff, right? Like, and and that was on U.S. soil, and Balco got outed, and that's how like the that's basically how Bonds was found out. Ortiz, there was this guy, and I I, I was reading about this yesterday. Angel Presnell, he was uh, basically the Dominican Balco guy. Okay, he he basically was erased off the map in in two, in the late two thousands. But all of the Dominican guys, like Ortiz, that's how they were getting their supply. But Presnell's operation was not outed like the Balco operation because it was off U.S. soil. So so people are tre- are also treating Bonds and Clemens differently than Ortiz. Again, I go back to, even though Bonds and Clemens never officially failed a Major League Baseball
1: steroid test. But so they, were the fa- wanna- they were the face. They were the I face. So and it face. goes back to public opinion of like them standing in court with, R- so with Rafael Palmero. Saying dumb things. I know. So if your
2: example of a writer saying, "I'm drawing the line at if they failed an official test and served an official suspension," I'm not considering them. It doesn't look like that line was drawn here because then under those guidelines, oh no, it Bond, wasn't. That, that's Bonds very, and that's Clemens, yeah, Bonds and Clemens should also be in because they never did.
1: I'm not saying that that line has been drawn at all. I'm saying that that would be a clear line as a voter if that's if, if you're going to live on a fence of steroids or no steroids. Like take the moral take the moral code out of it and you being the judge of that, and just go to the governing body while they were playing. Did it happen or did it not happen? That that's that's a yes or no answer, right? Like at that point, you have at least some clarity around that. And if you want to make your decision again, people can make their decisions however they want. Like that's the whole point of this. But if there's no structure or guideline or framework, um, especially around some of these gray areas, then that's when we live in the no man's land and, and, you know, we get people yelling at each other because it makes no sense. And then on top of that, well, the re- the, the reason you're we yelling at each other is because I don't know who to yell at. I don't know who to yell at and I don't know who's the one doing this, making these terrible decisions because it's anonymous. Not only is it anonymous, but it was voted on and said, yes, we should make these public and then... The old boys' club squashed it. We're like, no, no, no. They did the Dikembe. It was like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to. We're not going to let you dictate how our old guys are treated in the public eye. This is going to be a secret. We're going to put it under lock and key, and no one's ever going to find out. We're going to burn the 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 votes because they're probably still filled out in paper with pencil, and we're going to burn them when they're finished. And it's so crazy. Many of the writers post can we their NFT? Ballot? Can we NFT the ballots?
2: Many of the, the voters will put the screenshot of their ballot on Twitter and stuff like that uh, to to get the interaction. Not
1: me, guys. It wasn't me. It wasn't me.
2: Right, right. Exactly. It's like I, I wasn't the asshole here. Yeah. So see, here's the, here's the proof. Here's the proof. It was not so me. Something set me off yesterday. Surprise, surprise. And that's when I decided, by the way, after I was arguing with some jackass on Twitter, I was like, I'm not going to get mad at this anymore because it's just, it's just too ridiculous to, to waste time being upset over but uh, the New York Post put out like uh, uh, basically a ballot of their own, and they, each of the New York Post contributors had guys that they voted for, little check marks or Xs. And there was plenty of guys who voted yes on Ortiz and no on A-Rod or yes on Bonds and no on Clemens. I'm like, how are you justifying these? These are all the same. You have to treat Ortiz, Bonds, Clemens, Gary Sheffield, frankly, Alex Rodriguez, Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez, all in the same breath. They're all the same to me. I'm not saying all should be in or all should be out, but if you're willing to ignore it or not ignore it, you either have to vote none of them in or some of them in and give them all a fair shake. And if just asking me, Ortiz, Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, Manny, Sosa should all be in the Hall of Fame. Why is Sosa in the Hall of Fame? Because he, he, along with Mark McGuire, provided the most dramatic baseball season of our lifetime in 1998. And if it's for that summer alone, he should be enshrined in the Hall of Fame because it was fucking awesome. Okay?
1: They should enshrine that summer in the Hall of Fame and identify what it is, but... Well, they have enshrined that summer. Yes, I understand that. But Sammy Sosa is probably someone that would disagree. I, I, when I'm looking at, like... When I'm looking at the Red Sox specifically and the, and the years that Ortiz was there with Mandy, I'm like, well... How are you How putting are Ortiz in there and not Manny? Like for it's real, crazy. Manny was the most feared right-handed hitter I think of our generation. Like for for a long time, he was he was him A Rod. I mean, feared. him and
2: A Rod were the two best right-handed hitters. Who was feared more, Manny oh, or A Rod? Cer- oh, certain certainly Manny. I'm not I'm not arguing that. But like, if you're just saying who are the best right-handed hitters of the past thirty years, it's A Rod, it's Manny, and it's probably Albert Pujols. And and yes. now Mike Trout has entered the conversation. But if you're going to put Mike Trout in the generation after them, cool of the 2000s, right? Cool
1: holes, A Rod, Manny, in some yeah. order for right-handed hitters. Yeah, yeah. So I the, when I see Manny on that list and I see Ortiz on that list, I just I'm like I don't, I don't, it baffles my mind because it if, makes you're no gonna, sense. if you're if you're looking at them like literally they were in front of your face next to each other for the entire time that they were good. How do you not? How do you look at them differently? How do it's, you look at them differently? i understand understanding a that Ortiz got to the Red Sox, and then became he good.
2: He was going to be released by the Twins. Yeah, that's how bad he was. And then he started doing PEDs, and he became a Hall of Famer. It's just asinine. I, I agree; he should be in the Hall of Fame. He was the best DH of our lifetime. He's better than Edgar Martinez. He was insanely clutch. He murdered the Yankees every single time he played them. I begrudgingly came to respect David Ortiz for how good of a hitter he was. But he also did steroids. I don't care. I don't care. I'm willing to put steroid guys into the Hall of Fame. And it's it's just a joke that now Clemens and Bonds, who that was the final year on the ballot, are not, uh, not in the Hall of Fame. Because if you're picking the best baseball players of all time, those two guys are on the list. And, and they're not in the Hall of Fame, whether they did steroids or not. I don't care. What they did was so awesome was so much
1: better than everyone else, they deserve to be there. I saw somebody on Twitter, I think it was a player, maybe a former player, uh, tweet something I thought was interesting. If their records still stand, how are they not eligible for the Hall That's of Fame?
2: That's a great point. That's a great point. Barry, a great Bonds, point. Barry Bonds holds the all time home run record. Yeah. But he's not in the Hall of Fame. But he's not eligible. He's not, not eligible for the Hall of Fame. Not even anymore. eligible. He's not
1: even on the ballot anymore because right. he's not eligible. So he was eligible, yes, but not in there. But he's got the the record, which still stands. Right. Yeah. No. That's a Pete Rose with the
2: with the hits record. It, it's it's fantastic point. Yeah. Roger Clemens I, is the
1: right handed pitcher he is up there as well. With uh, I go a lot back of the, to the records.
2: The Baseball Hall of Fame is ultimately a museum, and what do museums do? They present facts and preserve history and preserve history. So I think it's totally justifiable to put those guys in and have. The part of their details, details, which are public and proven information about the, the, the PEDs that they did. And, and if, if Roger Clemens gets into the hall of fame and they say, your plaque is going to contain this about your, your drug history. And he says, I don't want that. Okay, fine. Then you're not in the hall of fame, but this is a museum and we are presenting the facts. So in the year 2177, when little Johnny is being walked through the hall of fame with his dad, he can see the history In the baseball hall of fame museum that's my opinion it'll always be my opinion i think on this
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: I don't even know where you go from here, but by having Ortiz in there, I mean, in my opinion, it already happened because they, they let guys that were, they let guys in the hall that were known dabblers, (laughs) Dabblers,
2: <laughs> to, to to say it, very like, very strong suspicions of steroids. Yes. There
1: was a lot of smoke around around those guys. But with Ortiz, it just solidifies the hypocrisy of what mm-hmm. it, of what it is. It, so do you want to do you want to join it. me? Join me. Do not get angry about the hall no, of fame anymore. I'm I'm real with this because I'm still going to get mad about it. it. It still bothers me, and it will never not bother me. Uh, but until I know, until I can like look at names and see like, okay, you mother, like, I, I, that's, that's the piece that's killing me. There's no, there's no accountability for the way that you're doing this. You, you are, you are to me, the, 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 um, the ability to vote, to be a hall of fame voter should be a privilege and should be, there should be some accountability that goes along (laughs) with that privilege. Like in the, in the premier league. If you if
2: you make a stupid decision, if you suck, you should get demoted. You shouldn't have your vote anymore. It should be public, and if if unanimously people are like that's a dumb decision, you don't get your vote anymore. They do that in the Premier League. You're talking about soccer here. I... No, they get demoted if if they don't qualify. For... Oh, if they don't qualify as the team, yeah. yeah, They go to a different. Yeah, you league. get de- yeah. you
1: get you, you yeah, get demoted. Like, that's... Right, right. That's like saying the Baltimore Orioles should be in, you're in AAA. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Be better. <laughs> So uh, a couple of other notes. That, that would I'm- actually help the spending of the players. That would that <laughs> would help that would help some spending if they did that. That's a that's a wrinkle they shouldn't. Couple of other notes
2: that I just want to quickly touch on. I don't know how Scott Rowland is at 63%. That seems too high for me. Kurt Schilling, final year on the ballot, he didn't get in. Gary Sheffield at 40.6%. Again, like a strong whiff of steroids. Also, an act, like people did not like Gary Sheffield. So I don't expect him to get in, but like. 40%, I guess, vote for him, but 26% vote for Manny Ramirez. Like, how is Gary Sheffield have more votes than Manny Ramirez? Makes no sense. Andy Pettit, 42 votes, 10.7%. He's not going to get in. I don't think he should get in. I, I love Andy Pettit as much as the next Yankees fan, but he's not a Hall of Famer. And Mark Teixeira, only six votes, 1.5%. Again, should not be in the Hall of Fame. Just, this was, he was on the ballot.
1: Um. Cal Ripken went public saying that Don Mattingly should be in the Hall of Fame. Interesting. I, I'm I wondering how much that of- has a sway on on the committee uh, in future they years. They let a lot of guys later. But I'm saying a public a public statement like that from Cal. He did it on uh, I think a MLB Network. His brother Billy's on there a lot. I don't know how often Cal's on there, but. He made a, he made a statement talking about Don Mattingly, which I I agree. You you go back and start looking at numbers, and now compare them to people who have gotten in recently. Like there should right. be there should be something that says, okay, if we're letting this guy in now, and over the last five years these people have gotten in, we should go back. There should be some committee that's going back and and maybe that that's exactly what this committee does, or at least some of it um, well, goes back and look, you know, uh, starts making those comparisons again.
2: Who is that Minnesota Twins picture? I'm drawing a blank on his name that got in. He he pitched in the early '90s. Bert Blylevin? No, 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 um, uh, he, he, he was one of these guys that appeared on the ballot forever. Um, wow, God, I, I'm just drawing a blank on his name. Um, And, and it, he, he pitched against Smoltz in that 91 World Series game. Can you find his name for me as I'm yeah. looking at it? Um, Looking at Don Mattingly. So, Mattingly was on the Hall of Fame ballot from 01 to 2015, never getting enough votes for induction. In his first year, he received 28.2%, but this steadily declined. And by 2009, only 12% of voters put him on their ballots. Um,
1: Steve Carlton? So no. So, I'm he, looking at uh, Burt Blylevin was, was definitely uh, was definitely a guy that was, uh, hold on a second here. I'm reading Minnesota Twins Hall of Famers. Those are the only two pitchers. Bert Blyleven got He voted. came. yeah, he was with the Twins 85 he was 70 to 76 then Okay, yeah, he was elected
2: into the Hall of Fame in 2011. This is who I was thinking of. He yeah. uh he he's a guy that like as time went on his candidacy grew because stats became like more prevalent, right? And we're lo- and people were looking at it and like, "Oh, well, his expected ERA in this season was this and is and his pitcher WAR ranked this." And like enough nerds on the internet concocted stats to prove that Burt, Burt, uh, Burt Blylevin was a Burt, Hall of Burt, Burt,
1: Burt Blyleven,
2: and, and I go back to, it's like same, same sort of thing in my opinion was with Mike Messina who got voted into the Hall of Fame. Like they're very similar statistically. A Hall of Famer should be like a gut punch, right? Like you know it right away. And if you have to think about it and spend 12 years making a candidacy for a guy, like why are we
1: putting him into the Hall of Fame? It just seems silly to me. And, it, and it, there's, there's a. You're right because this is, this is where we always get to. I think with this discussion, which, which is a little bit infuriating because it should be easy. This should be an easy thing. And I understand that the fact that drug use and cheating and all that goes into why this becomes not easy. Because now you're, you're identifying what you saw, whether you know because of the dominance of what you saw. And to me, it's like I could choose the dominant guys and like, bam, Hall of Famer. Dominant guys, Hall of Famer. And Whatever that means to you or somebody else, like I know what it means to me. It's an eye test of like these and just seeing the longevity of them being dominant. And and that to me is one of the biggest things like that's the that's the uh, the first gut punch. And then you can start looking at some of the other people that were like, okay, this guy maybe in my head, maybe and there could be a case potentially. Um, And you start comparing to other people because your mind doesn't always go back to, you know, the facts as you see them, I think. But the people that you do go back to and think of like that are usually no no question about it. And May Ramirez is definitely one of them. David Ortiz is definitely one of them. But so is Alex Rodriguez. So is Roger Clemens. So is uh, uh, Barry Bonds. I mean, Barry Bonds is the most feared hitter I've ever seen ever, ever play the game. They walk the dude with the bases loaded intentionally up by two in the bottom of the ninth.
2: Do you know what his on base percentage was in 2004? I was tweeting Nick Costanzo on on Twitter about this yesterday.
1: Six. I've seen some tweets out there saying like th- some comparisons of like adding or subtracting someone else's uh, on base percentage to his, and you he still have a, a higher six oh nine.
2: He got on base sixty one percent of the time in 2004. That's which crazy. in baseball, in baseball, that's impossible. That's impossible to do, and he did it. That's how good he was. Yes, yeah. he did steroids. He did all the, the, image, the steroids the image, ever invented.
1: The, <laughs> the image of Barry Bonds standing there and then just taking off that arm guard and walking to first base is like, that is is there as much as that uh, the follow through of him uh, smacking balls into McCovey Cove. But yeah.
2: He was intentionally walked so many times in like the 2001 to 2006 timeframe that like he wouldn't even get pitched to and walked. He would just get intentionally walked So maybe in a game he would see one or two hittable pitches and he would hit them out of the ballpark. (laughs) That's it. Right. He would go one for one with a home run and three intentional walks. That was his night every night in those years. It was asinine. Another reason why people freak out about the Hall of Fame is because it always comes around in January, which is a little bit of a dead period. And right now we got the lockout going on. So it's just like compounded. What are we going to talk about? Oh, right. We hate the Hall of Fame voting process, so we can get mad about that. However, finally, some good lockout updates, I think, like some positive news as it pertains to the MLB lockout where there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. The two sides met this week. They met twice already this week, which Pace is picking up. Uh, Do you want to get the good news or the bad news? You want to get the
1: bad news out of the way first? No, let's talk about the good news because I think the bad news- Okay.
2: So the good news, if you're just looking for an agreement, is that the Players Association withdrew a proposal that would have allowed players of a certain age to become free agents with fewer than six years of service time. This means when a new deal is reached, the fact that you need six years of service time to hit the free agent market will be there. That's still going to be there. That was a huge, huge point of contention among these two sides, and the players conceded on that fact. That was one of the things we talked about last week. It's like who's going to be the first to budge, who's going to give a little? The players seemingly gave on that point.
1: Well, what do you think that means? They 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 understand, I mean, kind of what we were talking about last week, who has the most to lose here. They understand that there's a a contentious point that might be a, a linchpin to these discussions, and them identifying that as a give is is the 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 thing that can move it forward or the most that they will do? Is it just like early saying, okay, fine, you know what? We'll do this, but that's that's the most that we're going to do. You guys got to come to the rest of it. Uh, so
2: according to the reports in The Athletic and some other outlets, that was the one of their the players' three big things. That was their least important one. The other two are uh, – so the three things were time to free agency, time to arbitration, and revenue sharing among teams. Time to free agency was their least their least important one. Time to arbitration and revenue sharing between teams, they care about much more. The revenue sharing between teams point. Uh, I think Jeff Passon tweeted this out. So, MLB agreed to accept parameters of a pre arbitration bonus pool for top 30 war. MLB Players Association is seeking $105 million of total pool money. The league offered $10 million. <laughs> so, they are $95 million apart on that topic. But that is about the revenue sharing. The players want more transparency of the owners on revenue sharing because their argument is you don't have to field a competitive team and spend money to make money in this league because of revenue sharing. You've got the Cleveland Guardians who are going to spend less than Max Scherzer is making next year. That shouldn't be allowed, frankly. That just shouldn't be allowed. And players are saying this is not fair. You have to make transparent. Open up your books and prove to us that you're not making a ton of money when you're not actually investing in the team. Owners obviously are not going to do that. Um, and so that's the biggest, I think, point of contention here is that revenue sharing piece. But tied into that is the, uh, the more money for pre-arbitration bonuses for top 30 war. So they're using war as, this, as the statistic here. If you're a pre-arbitration player, meaning years one to three under the current parameters, if you're a pre-arbitration player and you finish in the top 30 war, I don't know if it's among those players or in the league. It's probably in the league. You get
1: some extra money. I mean that—that's a positive thing, I guess. Uh, the but ten million versus one hundred and five total million dollars. But, yeah, but huge difference. Huge difference in the the difference of uh, of dollars. That, but that's but don't you expect that at the beginning of a negotiation when you're talking about a point like that? Like, I guess someone's like, going like, to start gonna here. Wind up the at other 50? person's going to start here, and they're going to meet in the middle. Like that's that's such a such a big delta between them that that you're that you're like. Okay, it's almost like screaming to get to the, the the middle of that because they're so far off. Because well, MLB could have been like, you know what? Okay, 70. 4 Well, here's no, the, they're like 10. So 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 clearly now the the ceiling is closer to 50 than it is any than anything else. I actually
2: don't know the distinction here. Do they mean if you finish in the top 30 war or If you finish in the top 30 war for pre-arbitration players, you get money? Or is it if you finish in the top 30 war in the entire league? Because if it's for pre-arbitration players, that's going to be a crap ton of players getting paid. And then if you say 105 million divided by 30, that's whatever it is, three, three and a half million bucks versus 10 million divided by 30, that's $300,000, right? So that's a huge difference. But what I I interpret this to mean if you are pre-arbitration and you finish in the top 30 in the league, um, then you get some of this money. But then that could only be a handful of guys, and then you're talking about massive bonuses. So I I actually would like to get some clarification on this. Um, I am going to do a quick Google search. Do you want to just talk about something?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean – the fact that they're coming to the table and at least identifying that, uh, you know, and they're meeting more often, the fact that they're, they're, they're identifying this is a pivotal time because they're flirting with, you know, the suspension of games or just rolling over into a, uh, nobody wants a, a short spring training, so that's not going to happen. They will, they will extend it um, and, and they have the ability to do that. I think they've set a little bit of a parameter uh, from 2020 for when and how they can extend or shorten a season and still get all of the games in which I kind of don't like as a precedent because now they have you know that I feel like they have some uh some some legs to stand on with talking about how they can start the season later uh you know create more doubleheaders all these things were that that go into uh, a season that was forced upon them you know these decisions were forced these were not ideal situations but now there's a precedent which I don't like
2: it is 30 players total will qualify for that bonus, not if you finish in the top 30. So 30 pre-arbitration players will qualify for this. If so, it's 30 of the of those players, which at 10 million total dollars is 300 thousand dollars. I mean, it's still a ton of money, obviously, but the difference per player is massive when you're talking about 300 thousand or three million dollars as a bonus.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. was that distinguished? Is that um the The way you just described it, where it's thirty people and not top thirty in, in yeah, I just I just but is um, that is that is that apples to apples with what they're both saying? That cl- that clarifying point. Yeah, oh, and 30. that's
2: that okay. they agreed for top thirty players. They just haven't agreed on how much money is going to be available right, for right. those players. They also increased the minimum salary to six hundred and fifteen thousand. I don't know if you mentioned that. I wasn't listening to what you were saying
1: as I was reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, th- yeah, but that's but the the distinguishing point there is that they raised the floor by fifteen thousand dollars. Didn't get to the seven hundred. What was the seven that the players seven seventy five seven seventy five. Where the um the league just came up fifteen k on the floor of the top of the three tiers. Yeah, I mean positive things because.
2: Prior to this week, there had been no budging on either side. So we're just like, well, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? This is just going to drag on forever, and we're never going to get anywhere. Um, the bad news that I was mentioning a little while ago was that also pulling from an athletic article is that MLB Deputy Commissioner Dan Hallam said MLB is willing to lose games over this. I mean, so of I course think, he's going to say that. No, I know, but I I, I, and I believe that, though. Do you think that's posturing or do you believe that? I think MLB is willing to lose games over this. They've already they've already proven that they're they're right. willing to. So the players. This is are, not a new. This is not a new stance. Do you agree that the players are less willing to lose games? Yeah. This is
1: the, this is what we talked about last week. The the, yeah. the the difference between the two parties right now, a big difference is that the player that the players, um, absolutely do not want to lose games. They they don't want to lose games. It's a directly attached to how they get paid. It's directly attached to their livelihoods. Whereas the owners have a little bit more room where they can either make it up in certain areas, uh, but they're, they're certainly in the strong, in the strong holding position for, for, for that point as far as who can hold longer? The owners. And apparently
2: everyone was angry from the player side. Everyone was angry at Rocky's owner, Dick Monfort, because he was complaining about the difficulty that some owners are facing with ancillary costs of ownership, such as security and COVID-19 measures. So he's he's mad that he's gotta spend extra money on security and COVID-19 measures.
1: Oh Dickie Monfort.
2: Most likely a billionaire is angry about that.
1: Yeah, I would be angry about that too. You know? That's how billionaires they get angry about stuff like that. So ultimately, I think this is a positive step in
2: the sense of we're g- like getting closer to baseball. Uh, I still think that spring training is gonna be delayed because we're essentially two weeks away from spring training, and I don't think everything is gonna be. Wrapped up, T's crossed, eyes dotted in two weeks. However, I could see an abbreviated spring training happening, and the season's still starting on time.
1: Well, I don't think they'll do an abbreviated spring training. I think that that's that goes into player quality, injuries, a number of things. I don't, I don't think they'll do that. I think that. They so will. then,
2: you think the season's going to be pushed back a week or two? Do you think they'll be? Do you think we'll have one hundred sixty-two games?
1: Yeah, I, I. I I don't know. I, I think so. I mean, that's probably just the the uh, the optimist in me. What do you but think I they're going to do, seven-inning doubleheaders to make
2: them up or something?
1: No, no, no. I No, what I was saying before is that they've, yeah, they exactly. They, there's a precedent now set because of the 2020 season of how you can get a, uh, a, a volume of games in a shorter amount of time, and I don't like that precedent because it gives them some room to, to flex if they need to, yeah. but... So I, I do think they're they're going to push for 162 with yeah it, depending on how 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 long this goes. But what I will say is this: as far as like tone and sentiment, which again like going back to the Hall of Fame vote, there's a gut check, right? Who's a Hall of Famer? Who's not? When I think of just my gut check, eye test on on the negotiations that are happening like this week and what what it feels like, it does feel like that um, that there's there's more of a, a road to uh, to making a deal rather than not making a deal. There's sure. not. There's not what we saw. We are not seeing the the, the you know just dis- the killing of each other across the lines um, as we did in the public and on social media and things like that. Like we're not seeing that as it was as it was before during the the pandemic year. There's a different tone, I think, uh, as far as what they're releasing to the public, and I think that's a positive thing because I have a feeling they both they're all like you know what, this has to be. Even our, there was another article or Twitter I read. I don't even know where the hell I see things anymore. But the um, so there there's you know the the writers are all like company line here. This is not going to break baseball forever. Like let's 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 relax on the tone and understand what the tone is. Like there there's ways to uh, baseball can rebound from this even if they do lock out and miss some games. So even that tenor of like okay let's let's all relax. It's not the end of a sport. Whereas before it's like, ah, end of the world, they're locked out. They don't care about us. But all this, like the rhetoric has, has, for me, calmed down a bit, which I think is a fo- positive sign of what's happening behind closed doors. I
2: don't know. I'm thinking of it as like a football analogy because the NFL was awesome this weekend. So every, every, awesome. every update we had prior to this week was like a 12-yard sack. This is like a three-yard run up the middle. wasn't pretty, but, but it moved, it moved, moved the, ball the ball forward. It moved the ball forward towards the first down. Whereas previously, the quarterback was getting destroyed. His knees were getting just taken out, 12-yard sack, punt. Yeah,
1: and we're going to go with cliche analogies and continue this path, which I'm, I love doing. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm all for that uh, all day long, talking with, whatever topic you want. I'll make a cliche sports analogy along with it. But moving the ball and just continuing this week and getting another three-yard gain puts you now in a third and short. And a third and short, to me, or a third and medium, you, you can convert. convert that. You can <laughs> convert that.
2: You can convert that. So that's what we're looking for. Just convert it. Sh- both sides convert it. Then shut the hell up because I'm sick of hearing you talk. Um, all right. That's going to do it for today's episode. Any Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up?
1: No. I know we have a list of bizarro Yankees that I'm excited to talk about because I think it's a fun thing to do. You want to do because, that next week? Yeah, let's do that next week. Unless we get a conclusion and then we can talk about ah. actual baseball potentially. Because you know when this goes down and they're like, oh, deal, deal. Boom, back into free agency, back into hot stove, back into, uh, and, and it's so relevant for the Yankees because there are so many, uh, you know, points of uncertainty that, that this team needs to address. I'm excited for that time because now we have, maybe that's what they're doing. They're just building up some anticipation for the second free agent period of the off season.
2: Maybe they want to do it so that right when the Super Bowl ends there's going to be like a week of MLB free agent frenzy and they're going to steal all the headlines. Maybe that's, yeah. this is just a There's a also long a fatigue
1: con. week, the two week gap of like that media week of football that nobody uh, gives a shit. Hold on, about. I thought they weren't doing that anymore Are because they not?
2: I, I thought because the league was had an extra week that there was no week off in between the Super Bowl. This I, I, could I could be wrong.
1: I could be wrong as well. I don't know. But if there is, that's a week that's a week to gain, to 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 gain some headlines as well.
2: Super Bowl is February
1: thirteenth, so yeah, there must be a week off. There's right? a week, yeah, yeah. They going to do the whole media blitz of that shit. So, and and when you do that, it's so exhausting as a fan. Like, oh, but hey, the Pro Bowl is the week before, and you know you can't Again, steal the shine right, from the from right the Pro after Bowl. that Pro Bowl. Like that week is just open for the MLB uh, headlines. Now get a nice little appetizer before the Super Bowl. Of, like, oh yeah, we got it coming back. That's awesome. You see A Rod at the Packers game? <laughs> I did. A lot of people blaming A Rod for that for that loss. <laughs> um, Good for him though. He moved on. Good for him. A
2: Rod, A-Rod and A Rod—they belong together. Frankly,
1: yeah. He he is A Rod is like he's just he's such an interesting character. He really is. He's become that that that's what he's become at this point. He's just become an interesting character. What would A-Rod you know what? Do? And I, every time I see him now, I, I go back to the the pictures of him like you know the close up headshots of him like thinking. Uh, of, of, you know like, it, I remember those came out I think around like when Joe Girardi uh, you know when they were, were after 2017 um, is when they came out it's like there were so many memes that came out of it but every time I see him now I think of those pictures you in know what thought.
2: he's an interesting character but he belongs in the Hall of Fame that's all I know we will talk to you guys next
1: hey guys thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show